Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. From the team that brought you the award-winning show Retro Replay and the Emmy-nominated comedy series Con Man comes a new idea just crazy enough to be good. Introducing Couch Soup. I know, I know, you're probably wondering, what is Couch Soup? Well, Couch Soup is content for your hungry nerd soul. Daily articles from fans, not pundits. Weekly podcasts that contain a multiverse of opinions on all things pop culture. Exclusive videos and weekly live streams where we laugh, scream, and sometimes have technical difficulties. All created by folks like you, the gamers, the film nerds, the TV bingers, comic book lovers, bookworms, and pop culture enthusiasts, all in one giant bowl of beautiful, disgusting, soupy goodness at CouchSoup.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Watching Now podcast over here on CouchShoop, where we are diving into every new episode of Halo Season 2. That's it, Spartans. We are back with Episode 4 of Season 2, and man, oh, man, did we get an Episode 4? Did we? We sure did. Did we? Anyone? <laughs> I, I thought it was, I thought it was just, We're all speechless. That's, uh, yeah, we got an Episode. We got a hell of an Episode 4. There's tons of stuff to unpack so let's get right into it and introduce our cast for this episode we have myself nick we also have dan i need a weapon <laughs> and we have tom it's a bit early in the morning for tom so he may be half asleep for this whole thing but we <laughs> yeah. <get behind. laughs> so welcome everybody to uh to episode three of our watching now podcast we're going to be diving into episode four today, and there's quite a lot of stuff to unpack. It was an action-packed episode with tons of stuff to get into, uh, so I'm very excited. But before we get into that, I thought it'd be really interesting to talk about some theories that we have on season two. Uh, obviously, we, we're kind of at the mid-season point. There's eight episodes in season two, right? I yes. believe so, yeah. It was nine, but it's eight, yeah. So basically, we're just we're halfway through. I mean, it feels so quick, but obviously, we had first, uh, the first episode... Or the first two episodes dropped, so we kind of we're halfway through the season already. So let's talk about some theories. What do we? What do we? What do we think that we might be able to see? We we talked about theories before in previous episodes, but I thought maybe we could start expanding on them. One that I'll I'll kick us off with is um, I really feel I, it's it's not really setting up, but I just have this feeling that uh, McKee, who now like 100 confirmed is alive, McKee, I think is gonna betray or turn on the covenant when they find halo which i think will only be in like the last episode but i think that she'll turn i think that there'll be something something will happen there what do you guys think about that i think that's a very fair assumption based on how season one ended as well as how the fact that you know jumping ahead a little bit you know what she did this episode you know that aside i mean she already has this notion that she doesn't want anyone 
race to be like taking over the galaxy. Um, and she might already know that the Covenant are planning on killing her anyways, because they flat out That's said that I'm at thinking. the end of the last season was like, oh yeah, she's going to burn like the rest of the humans. <laughs> as soon as we're done with her, she's gone. Yeah. So that that could be interesting to see, Tom. What do you what do you uh, think? I was gonna I was gonna say I think I think it's fifty fifty of of like she's gonna betray them or not because they could have done something to her memory if they if they have the power the technology to bring Ooh. her back maybe they have the same to be like oh guess what no they killed you they it was all them we can we might be dicks but like they're bigger dicks so like we'll help you we we promise we won't take over the world but like come on help us <laughs> okay um, but on that. You said they have the technology to bring her back. Do you think that she actually died at the end of season I one? Say, is it even McKee? Well, that, oh, that will be close. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Proper theories. <laughs> I just want to like put that meme in now of that guy of that guy going aliens. Right. Aliens are like the, the dartboard <laughs> with like the, the string. <laughs> it's it's all connected. So it was Brandy and Monarch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've got two that I think will probably happen by the end of this season. Uh, one, I think Kai has betrayed Chief and the other Spartans and all that stuff and is helping Axum with the Spartan threes because mm. with, some, with something that's happened in this episode and well, something's missing, what can you use if you have a base of it already and you can make more of it and then Kai will be training the Spartan threes because also mm. one of the, epi- one of the cool. episodes is called Onyx. And Onyx is the planet where the Spartan threes were trained. So, are you digging I'm, deep? I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain that Damn. Kai is just like helping train because I think Spartan fours June in like the actual game law he helped him. It's like another Spartan training more Spartans. So that's what I think for Kai. And I don't like Kai now because <laughs> she's a traitor. She, that is a that is a great theory. I like this. this. is a super good opener. I like this. I like this. I like this. Come on, Dan. Keep it going. Keep it going. Didn't you have two, Tom? Oh, yeah, two. Yeah. Um, well, the other oh, one is yeah, just, yeah. it's still that, like, by the end of it, Quan will have something to do with the Flood because, you know, obviously, yeah. like, big evil monster is Gravemind, which I know, Dan, you don't want to happen because it, it is too early. Not yet. <laughs> but I, Not I think by yet. the end, Quan will be like, it'll be like one of the, the stingers at the end of episode eight, be like, the Flood. And then you'll see like a little spore just like float it's still across. so too soon though. We've barely even seen the covenant. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel know. like it's I feel like it's too much too soon, but I mean it's not a bad theory. They need mm. to hype people up for Possible. season three if they want it. They need yeah, to be like, hey, remember if you give us another season, we got this guys. Yeah. Wow. My, you Dan, what you got? My big theory still stands that I think that this season that we're on now is the, the, the kind of like what happens in the fall of reach the games the movies whichever version of that you want to go with because it's kind of like leaning hard into that already i think by the end of the season we will see them going to the halo and that will be where the next season starts and season three will essentially be the events of halo one you know facsimile their version of um trying to not think too hard on the information we already know but um Okay. See, I mean, it's it's kind of one of the difficulties of adapting source material is mm. that you know while you're watching the show, you're kind of thinking about the source material, and you're like, "Ooh, I kind of I know what happens there," but you kind of hope like it's mm-hmm. it's always a debate I think with with adaptations. It's like you kind of hope that they change things 
so that you don't know what's coming, but you also kind of hope that they don't change things because yeah. you have to be faithful. Yeah. It's such a it's weird interesting. thought, too, because, like, I'm thinking about it now. Like, man, I get kind of salty when the story differs from what the games did. But at the same time, yeah. if a game is remade, I like when they change things because it keeps me on my toes. So it's like... It's interesting. But I, I also think for Halo specifically, I think it's okay if they change a bit because they set up from the get-go. Mm-hmm. They're not like, we yeah. are directly yeah, yeah, adapting yeah. a mm-hmm. book or a game. Like... It's just like cool, same ca- characters, same world, same universe, but like this is a whole new thing. So like, mm, yeah, we might we might pull from games and books, but don't expect one to one. And they said that from the get go. If they do the weirdest stuff in different directions, it's like you can still like this can't. I don't like this, but mm. you're not going to be as pissed at it because like no, mm. this is what they said they were doing. But we did have a banger episode which we were waiting for and was building up towards. Yes. <laughs> Hundred percent, yeah. So to use that as our segue, episode four was a banger indeed. We finally had our big action-packed episode, and uh, yeah, it was just a big blast the entire run through. So without any further ado, let's get into the sit rep of episode four. Alrighty, so the sit rep for episode four opens with what is, I guess, now retrospectively a really sad uh, scene. Uh, we'll get to why it's sad a little bit later, <laughs> but we got to see Banak uh, on a rooftop with he's playing with birds, kind of continuing his whole thing where he's like really interested in nature and animals and stuff like that. I thought it was a really cute little scene where he was like feeding the birds and stuff mm-hmm. and. Yeah. It was really um, cool. And then he obviously sees the explosions in the distance. And um, we obviously see. And I was so glad that it was like, yeah, boom, explosions. Let's get into the action. And not like, let's build this up again for like another 10 minutes or something. Um, I just want to jump in. I found it funny how last week, like Brandy and all of us were all like, oh, what's in the little bag he got? Is it the Dude! pellets? Is it anything? <laughs> but then it's just bird food. It's just bird food. Yeah. We were all like thinking, oh, is he going to put his pallet back in? Oh, man, this is like such a crazy thing. What's what's going to happen? What's in there? And it's freaking bird feed. <laughs> I mean, it was still cool, but Jeez. like, come on, bro. It was funny. Dude, I, I, get, I bet you the show, the, the showrunners, the writers were not even putting too much into that moment. They were just like, yeah, Vanak just got something out of his locker. You know, we needed him. Yeah. We needed a shot of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then uh, we get off to a bang and uh, we see Perez and uh, Chief starting to run through the streets of Ridge as it's being attacked by the Covenant. And something I noted early on was I was going to say I love the first action sequence where Perez is going to see if she can rescue her family. Uh, she's like running off to her family and then there's this really cool shot where Chief is like right next to an explosion and it sends him flying. And it's this really, really cool steady cam one shot take. Of yes. like the whole scene, and I just absolutely love that one shot take. I love one shot takes. Any mm. film that has one shot takes for like a scene, like like a couple of minutes long, it's always always just one of my favorite things. You get like things. that realistic, like the cameras like running over to him, like it's another person yeah, on the street. It's, it's so it's so hype, and I love it when they do that. And we got a ton of those one shot takes in mm. this in this episode. And I mean, the first thing I was going to talk about a little talk about it a little bit later, but I'll talk about it now. This entire episode was shot so well like all of the battle scenes and everything the cinematography was so good there was some great cg to complement all of it as well like all of the like destruction and the action on reach was just was so well presented i don't know how you guys felt about it but like i just thought it was like the production value Mm -hmm. of it was super super high i loved it 
because like I'm the same as you where I love it like the steady cam so like one shot sort of deals mm-hmm. and as I was just watching because they were broken up a bit but every time I'm just like damn hold, this is like really really good I really like this um, especially like when it's when Perez went to go get her family and like she's running like, I need to get my family she's like okay you go get your family then just bang and they're all <laughs> it's just gone but you don't see the entire destruction so like you think, oh maybe they are like hiding under the rubble, and then and you then just the see them. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. you just continue yeah, the, cool. the yeah, yeah. continue the shot, and it's like nope, the entire thing's just vaporized, and like Chief is just like, nah, nah. Now I realize they go. did that at least twice in the show because there's another scene where they did the same thing where the explosion happens off camera, but then you're like, oh maybe it wasn't that bad, but then the camera turns and you're like, oh, not so good. It's pretty like pretty intense scene to show us the Covenant are really like they're going at it, dude. Like they're attacking. Um, I just wanted to like ask it. Maybe I'm a bit confused. Why is the Covenant attacking Reach first? They need to get the artifact, right? What do you mean by first? I'm 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 wondering because they're gonna glass the planet. So why don't they just glass the planet instead of attacking first? From what I understand, there was a description uh, given during the briefing about the um, protecting the power, and they were basically saying that the the ground forces were coming in to take out the power so they can take out their air defenses. So they're, they're, the, the ground units were there to take uh, out the air defenses so that they can come in to glass the planet. Right, because I was thinking it's like a, like a Death Star kind of thing where they can just shoot it from like mm. outer space. No, they got to like, be in orbit above the planet, and then they... Okay. Mm. All right, so it makes a hell of a lot more sense than Star Wars, Yeah, is what we're saying. It's a little bit more realistic in this. A little bit of. more realistic. <laughs> um, um, actually, it's more realistic in Star Wars. Excuse me. Actually. Uh, anyway, so that's... Uh, Halo that's Wars. Covenant are here. Halo Wars. Uh, but just on that, that opening scene, I think Perez is still such a great character. I think she's really cool because she's sort of a focus on the more human story. You know, she kind of... She sort of feels everything. She's just lost her family, uh, you know, in the first attack, and she kind of feels like that that character that you can see how, you know, humans are being affected by, by everything that's going on. I have a very, um, so I'm really liking her character. I mean, what do you guys think of Perez? I really like Perez for sure. But also the other thing that's happening during this scene when she's expressing her feelings, especially when she kind of like stops and breaks down and chief is like, Hey, we got to get to fleet Com. And he's, and she yeah. goes off on him and like, you know, don't you feel anything? Does this not bother you? She's like, I just lost my family, my loved ones. She's like, there's no training for this. And chief is just, a stone he doesn't talk mm. he just looks at her and like you this is the master chief of the video games like he's yeah. more embodying mm-hmm. that character because he's like he hears her he knows it he's feeling it but just as a, a soldier with his training he's like yeah i know this is the reality of the situation but that doesn't change anything we still got to go we got to get the fleet calm and then when he's like well i'm gonna go you you can come or not i don't care like and she's just like ah fuck it you know <laughs> like i gotta go I thought that really I mean, resonated. We, yeah. So I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed how they're developing Perez because she kind of didn't really have much going on before. And now all of a sudden she's kind of like this counter human element to chief throughout mm. this episode. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think that this is, they're doing the human perspective better than what they did last season. Mm-hmm. I think she fits the bill better than like your Quans and like your Soren storylines. Um, I think in, in mm. this, like, story they're telling i think she fits the bill of here's what normal people are experiencing i think she does that better than like what kwan was last season so they've learned they've learned i mean to beat kwan's story is not exactly difficult (laughs) 
Well, I, I'm getting praised, Nick. Shut, shut up. I'm shut sorry, Quan. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up then. <laughs> so the next thing I thought that was really, really cool is when everyone's, uh, when the Covenant's really attacking Breach and everything, uh, Chief kind of looks up and he sees nothing, but like, he kind of like he sees something and he can kind of, I don't know if he can like sense them or he's just got that good vision, but he can see the elites that are invisible and they start coming down. And then Chief takes on an elite, like the invisible elite, like tackles him through that window into that shop and they start going at it. Chief unarmed, taking on an elite. And it was like such a cool fight. The way that they did the camouflage remind me so much of the games mm-hmm. because as soon as, like if you're staying still in the game, like you're, you're completely invisible. As soon as you start moving, mm. it, it fades a bit, and like you can sort of see like the outlines and your you outlines. You get that well, distortion. So... Yeah, yeah. So like because it's not perfect. That was very so lo- close to how it is in the games with the um, cloaked elites, and I thought that was very well done how they did that, where you can yeah. just kind of see that little bit of a like a blur happening. The way they're incorporating stuff like that that from the games that it's not like super on the nose, but like if you played the games and you know mm-hmm. it, like you can be like you can pick it out, like oh oh yeah, so. I think it's like an Easter fight, egg kind of thing. Yeah. And I think the, the mm. it combines with, you know, the badass fist fight where like he kicks the elite's ass. Um, I think I think it was very well done. And again, it was a long shot. Yeah, another long shot. And it's also the thing that that shot really mm. does is establish how powerful John is by himself without the armor, without weapons. He's able to take on and defeat an elite as he is just normal without any weapons you know unarmed yeah i think that was an important distinction as well to say that like master chief is not just the armor like he's still Mm -hmm. because he's been augmented he still has his strength and ability and stuff uh so it was nice to sort of see him kick ass without the armor to let us know that hey this guy's actually still like pretty much badass one thing that was interesting as well with chief and perez is like it's it's kind of a scene or two later is that they're scrambling through the covenant, uh, the covenant's attack, and it's all really tense, and there's a lot of action and things like that. Then they have a quieter moment where Chief tells Perez about his ability, and uh, he says that you know, like someone flipped a coin ten times, and he guessed right every time because he knew it. Kind of hinting at like that's his ability and things like that. He's lucky. And I, I really, I really kind of like was reading into that because it's like you say he's lucky. That's actually a thing in the books. This is why I'm like, I have big input on this because that scene that he's talking about with the lady flipping the coin, that's in the fall of reach. Mm-hmm. That happens in the fall of reach where uh, it's actually um, Halsey is the woman flipping the coin when he's six mm-hmm. years old. She comes and like um, scopes him out and she, that's how she tests him. She says, I have a coin yeah. here. It's from a you know long time ago. It's got an eagle and a head on it. If I flip the coin, I want you to call it either heads or tails, whether it's the head or the eagle. And she does it, and he calls it right every single time. And that's where Halsey actually has this thing of he's lucky. Like, to her, that's an ongoing narrative in her head about John, that he is a lucky person. That's part of what makes him such a great soldier. But it's also that he does know, he does see it. Like, he can actually tell like he's that sharp. He's I was, that I smart. was thinking, yeah, he's <laughs> he's not he's not lucky. He can actually just like see yeah. the coin as it lands, kind of thing, because he's just mm-hmm. that good at it. Which then, like in that same scene, when then he talks to Perez about, like, um, I can go into battle because I know every time I'll make it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, oh, but oh, it must be nice for some people, and he's just like, not really. Yeah, and like, because it just showed that again, like, even if he is stone face. Mm-hmm. 
he's still he's still you know, very aware and he has the emotions and the feelings to go along with it where he's like yeah not really you know like yeah he he does sense it he does feel it but he's he's just that he's chief about it you know he he checks all of his emotions like a proper spartan soldier should so i thought it was quite interesting as well that chief says uh you know he talks about uh that's the sort of luck or whatever and perez kind of like yeah that's like a power you know do you really lucky or whatever and he says it's kind of a curse which i thought was very intriguing i thought it was like chief is kind of saying like his power his ability has kind of been like a curse because he kind of didn't want to be a spartan and and things did you guys read anything into that i thought it was quite interesting I didn't yeah, I catch think, him saying curse, and I didn't. I don't take it that way because, from what I know, with John and Chief, he's always loved being a Spartan. Okay, so I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting, like the whole sort of, you know, the 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 revelations in the first season of Chief, you know, being kidnapped and augmented and kind of forced into being a Spartan. It kind of seems like he's just not really vibing with it, and he's like, "Man, I don't want to live this life," kind of thing. So I don't know if they may be setting something up. But I, I mean, there's no way that Chief is like, cool, I don't want to be a Spartan anymore because that's, I mean, that's the that's show. Halo. <laughs> that's the whole <laughs> that's thing. <the> series. <laughs> yeah, so we're not getting rid of that. Um, we then move on uh, with, uh, with Chief and Perez, and uh, they get into this old, like, it's an antique shop, which uh, I thought was, like, kind of a funny scene. They get in there with this old lady who's like, uh, you know, put that axe down. That mm -hmm. axe is from Earth. Like, that's 600 you know, years old. She's got, like, a, yeah, she's got, like, this it's old vintage. antique store of, like, yeah, of, like, uh, all this stuff. And she asked Chief to, like, put a typewriter back up on the shelf. So they're like, lady, there's a freaking covenant invasion. Like, get the hell out. Like, Perez was the <laughs> worst reason in this scene. She's like, none of this stuff matters. We need to get the hell out of here. And then but Chief I, is like, all of it matters. I, yeah, that I really liked it because it just showed like another perspective of a normal person during this. Because it's like yeah. someone who has lived here all their life has like built it up, and they just can't let go. Yeah, there's no reason like, to live mm -hmm. if they lose what they have, essentially. So yeah. they'd and, rather I mean, that's, die that's... protecting their life. And that's like such a recurring theme in this whole episode, with uh, two of the bigger moments, which we'll get to, but that's that's like a big theme about Reach in the whole season so far, really, is this whole kind of like it's too important to let go. I don't want to live without this mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I mean, Ackerson giving up on Reach and leaving is someone who said no to that, which is kind of interesting. He let go of his dad. He let go of Reach. You know, I mean, he obviously got rid of the Spartan program because that's what he wanted to do out of hatred and whatnot. But he very much was like, I can let this stuff go. I can get mm -hmm. out of here. And I think that's going to come back on Ackerson because it's such a big thematic element that they hammering down at the moment. So I think I'm very excited <laughs> to see what they do with Ackerson's story in terms of that emotional journey. But we'll get there. As <laughs> we'll get to that. Episode. Before we move on, did you guys <laughs> catch the Easter egg in the closing shot of that scene? No, can't remember. I'm sorry. The final shot of that what scene, as the woman is watching them leave the shop, she's standing in front of one of her shelves and she's looking back at them. On the shelf next to her is an original Xbox. No ways. <laughs> Hell yeah! I I had oh, a moment. I'm like, oh, there's an Xbox. <laughs> the OG oh, Xbox, like, but it was like it was missing the uh, the center circle, but it was an OG Xbox. Do you think it was missing the center circle because of the logo? Like they couldn't put the logo on screen? No, I think they, they were just it. trying to make it look old. Possibly, like, yeah. But old like, what a cool rugged. Easter egg. I completely missed that. I was so nerding out and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Hell yeah, go Xbox. <laughs> right, so moving on, uh, we had a couple of interesting scenes with Halsey and Soren. So one of the big cliffhangers we had from the last episode as well is that Soren finally revealed that Ackerson captured him because he was a Spartan and he obviously wanted to make all the Spartans pain, blah, blah, blah. And he took Soren to meet with Halsey. And it was I, I was very interested to see how that interaction was going to go. What's Soren going to do? Is he going to attack her? What's going to happen? And they were kind of super chill throughout the entire episode. They were staying together, helping each, each other a little bit. And what I thought was interesting is that Halsey was very interested in Soren's life. She was mm. saying, you know, how is Kessler? You know, how are those things kind of going? And uh, one thing I noted, I don't know if this is a big deal at all, but Halsey said that, uh, you know, she she said, you know, having a kid, like whatever I can imagine, as in she doesn't have any kids. I mean, is that a big deal at all? Uh, I She's think always she... been focused on her work, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think in, a, in her own unique Halsey way, she was trying to like relate to Soren um, because, you know, she has Miranda. Um, and I guess the Spartans are, she thinks, I think she thinks her of children. her, of the Spartans as her kids more than her own kid. That's <laughs> Although, what I was kind of getting from it. Yeah. Later on, she does seem a bit concerned about where she is, but we'll get to that as mm. well. Um, mm. But I really liked how, like, this was sort of sowing the seeds. Like, because, like, Halsey shouldn't know about Kessler. Like, Soren's been off doing yeah. his own fucking thing. So, like, how does Halsey know? And then it's just like, Scary. oh, has Halsey just been letting him do this this entire time? It circles back to that for like a big reveal, and you're like, oh shit. Um, but yeah. I really, I really liked what they did the entire episode with these mm -hmm. two. Yeah, I mean, they built up. We, we're getting to later things, but it 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 built it up really nicely. Where it's also revealed in these scenes that Soren actually wanted to be a Spartan. He wasn't like kidnapped into it, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm I'm kind of thinking, is this is this building up to Soren maybe becoming a Spartan again? And I'm not talking about just putting on the armor. I'm thinking, does Soren maybe become like a captain or a sergeant or something? And maybe he starts training the new Spartans. Do you guys see Soren becoming a Spartan again? Like maybe Halsey kind of convinces him to rejoin the program? Possibly. Uh, it's hard I'm to feeling say. that for Soren. I'm feeling like that's kind of, he's had this whole morality shift where he becomes a pirate. Um, and then he's kind of, I think he's coming back to the side and he's going to be like, we need to, he's going to see everything that happened on reach and he's going to say, okay, this is the fight. Well, the whole start you know, of that scene to too, you think him. you go into it thinking that Soren's about to like rip Halsey a new one and like just tear her in pieces. Totally. And then they start talking and Soren's like, I've been thinking about what I'm going to say to you for all these years. And she goes, okay, well, what are you thinking then? And then he just walks away and it's like, okay. But then as they continue to talk, you start learning more about their relationship. And then, like, Soren must not be that mad at her, apparently, mm -hmm. because he wasn't ready to kill her like we thought she he was. Like, why was he trying so desperately to find her? You know, why was he going out of his way to find her? What For what reason? Unless maybe he secretly wants to be a Spartan still, and that's why he wants to find her, is to get the abilities. Well, it's kind of what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. off, bouncing off that, did Soren ever have his pellet in and or removed? I don't know. Probably I don't think not. they've ever mentioned Cause that. Because yeah. like, he knew he wanted to be a Spartan. Like, yeah, but like, he so maybe, maybe, maybe he had a different kind of pellet then. Mm. It's like, it wasn't like a suppressed emotions, but it was like a, a subtle thing that would like, like nag him all the time, which is why like he felt needed to go help Quan last season, why he was trying to find Halsey so much. It's just like a little, a little thing. Mm, well, maybe. I mean, to, to jump ahead a little bit quickly, just to, to, to touch on this, 
it's there's a big reveal later in the episode where they say that Soren's augmentation actually failed. So maybe it was a case of they didn't even need to put the palette in at all. True. So I mean, it's Soren is so interesting, dude. He's such a good character. I love Soren. He's, he, he's, he's got awesome interesting dude. now. Like when you separate him from the pirate stuff, and now he's interesting again. Yeah, I suppose the pirate stuff he was so cool, but now he's just like you were diving more into him. I, I just Soren is so awesome, dude. I mean, if we're gonna <laughs> dig into that specific part of it too, like uh, that's where Halsey also explains to Soren that she actually saw him as being the leader before John. She was like, John looked mm, up to you. Mm-hmm. Like he was going to be the master chief essentially, but because his augmentation failed, he, he was still partly Spartan, but he was obviously when you fail the augmentation, you, you, some people die from it. Some people are disabled. Some people are crippled. Like it depends on, it affects everyone differently. Most of them die if they don't survive augmentation. Whereas Soren, it looks like it, you know, crippled his arm for the most part. Yeah, um, but that's not to say he didn't still gain some abilities. He didn't gain some strength or the reinforcement to his body. He must. That's probably why he's such a badass now. He's probably still has some ability, probably not as much as he would have liked. But you know, maybe there's hope that he can regain some of that somehow. Yeah, maybe. So like, maybe the augmentation took, but it just didn't take enough. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it kind of partially failed, partially worked. It's interesting, man. I love, I love Soren. I can't wait to see what they do with his story. <laughs> well, if you want to just quickly like cover this whole section right now, um, I loved mm-hmm. how Halsey revealed. It's like, yeah, like why? How do you think you escaped? Yeah, that like, part. I knew about. Like, yeah. I knew about it. And then Soren's like, why weren't no. there guards mm-hmm. there? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how do you think you could escape a highly secure? military base just like on an off day like well like that plays into it how does she know about kessler and what he's been doing she's obviously mm-hmm. been keeping tabs on him the entire time that could be you know sort of halsey's plan the entire time was to let soren go and see how he develops as a person and then to maybe bring him back at a later stage so it's really interesting i think <laughs> they're amping up to bring him back as a spartan uh but we'll <laughs> we'll move on from there um, and not talk about it too much. Next scene, we get a huge battle scene where uh, Chief gets out onto the streets. We then meet up with Riz, who is fighting, and so is Lewis, the mm. blind ex-Spartan. And I was like, how is this dude fighting? Like, he's like, I can hear you. He knew to a couple of enemies on the building. Dude, he's just like, going First thing is like, who gave this blind guy a freaking grenade launcher? And then he nails like three elites, and it's like, give this guy some more grenades. <laughs> you got a rocket launcher? Give that to him instead. Dude. Yeah, he was super badass. But we then obviously we see Riz fighting, and she's like ready to go as well. Something that was interesting is I didn't think they were going to do this, but Perez actually joined the fight as well. She got a gun and she was shooting. I thought she was going to be shell shocked and not being able to fight at all, but she's showing that she's got a bit of a fight, which is uh, which is really cool. And then, Dan, you noted there was a quote from that scene as well? Hell yeah, we got Chief saying, I need a weapon. I need a weapon. <laughs> and at that moment, <laughs> that moment, Drew explodes with excitement. <laughs> Drew explodes. That's what Drew's not here. He still hasn't emotionally recovered from that moment. At the end of at, with last episode, Riz and Vanek were very much just like, oh, you're lying, Chief? Screw you. And they left. But as soon as Riz has seen, like, oh, he wasn't crazy. Riz is straight like, yep, Chief, I'm with you. Like, you need me to go and kill people? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I really liked like that. Even if it was a quick switch up, but it's just like shows like they understand that they they made a wrong call of abandoning Chief, sort of. 
Um, yeah, I really like that because it was like no drama, no sort of anything. It was just straight into. Just straight back into it. Yeah. I mean, Chief wouldn't want to waste time on that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was nice to sort of jump back into it. An interesting thing, though, is that uh, Bannock and Riz are there fighting with Chief, but no Kai. Where is Kai? Maybe we'll see her later. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe she shows up. Maybe she doesn't. But anyways, we have that cool fight scene outside. Then they hit inside. And uh, we get some like, another really cool one-shot take inside. We get some grenades going off, blowing up a whole bunch of uh, elites, which is super Frigo. cool. One thing I'd have to say mm -hmm. as well, dude, is the Covenant look so awesome. They're very like, the menacing. CG <laughs> building them, they look so amazing. Those freaking, what are they called? Is plasma swords? Plasma swords. They're called plasmas. Yeah. Are they called plasma swords? They are plasma swords. Yeah, they look freaking awesome, dude. I really <laughs> like them. The lighting effect on them, how it changes in the environment as well, it lights up the environments. I just, I love those. I love those. I like that attention to detail with visuals. When you have a CG element that has some kind of light to it and it still lights up the room, big fan. Big fan. I think to, on lighting, I think they've done a really good job, especially in this episode with the lighting and the covenant, because even if they didn't have enough money to improve the CG for the covenant, the way it's shot in the lighting, it covers any imperfections. So they still look menacing and good, but like, yeah, like it makes it even better just because yeah, it's I mean, in a darker setting. They did a good job of mm -hmm. either like the, like the elites are either invisible or they're in shadow or it's dark, you know, but it still keeps like, them looking very foreboding at the same time, like a monster yes. in the dark kind of thing. Totally. Like they, they cut in and out of the light as well. So like, you, you know, they're there, but it's like, you don't have like a solid shot for the most part of like, here's our CG monster. Mm. So like, you, you <laughs> don't, you don't think of it as such for the most part. So it's, it's a little bit of mystery behind it. Well, in that uh, scene where we're inside, we get our first casualty of the episode, which is not one of the big ones. But uh, Lewis's partner, is it uh, I believe his name is Danilo, Danilo. or Danilo. Uh, he uh, is the first casualty, and obviously, like we we kind of feel a little bit about him. He was set up in the last episode where we see Riz, and uh, you know, we Riz goes to Lewis' place, and they have dinner together with uh, Lewis and his partner. So we kind of feel a little bit for there, and I thought it was going to be interesting to see what happens next. But we get this like another cool one shot take of like Riz throwing a grenade, and she jumps out the freaking window. Like that was dope as hell, dude. I thought she got like, like impaled. Ass. I thought she got impaled by something when she looked at it, like her, her stomach. I'm like, oh, don't tell me you've like fucked yourself again. Like, come on. But no, that was just like it was Riz just her through, Riz has been through enough already this season, dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but then uh, we obviously, I mean, I kind of like I, a little dark part of me <laughs> was laughing so bad when uh, uh, Lewis, the blind ex Spartan. <laughs> finds Riz and he's got his hand on Riz to like guide her and uh, just this dark part of me was thinking like Riz just say like yeah Lewis is here you just you just can't see him you know like he's he's here though he's here just to keep him focused and keep him going with is that bad am I a bad person no. yes I think I'm a bad person <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> chance. it depends like if it was maliciously funny mm. um oh man but they didn't do that so they didn't do that and Riz immediately tells him listen he's gone uh you know he's like she's brutal about it she says he's gone we can't save him we got to get out of here um and that moment hits pretty hard um and uh i love the next moment i feel like it kind of paid off really well because we were made to care about this character lewis and then he does the thing that i think is a little bit uh a little bit cliche he says like oh i'm gonna go sacrifice my myself i really like the line i am right where i need to be 
which is a big line we're going to talk about later mm. but um what do we think of that and like he had a really cool like sacrifice scene where he takes on one of the the, the covenant ships that purple the ship wraith. and he goes off and obviously the wraith that's what it was called i was thinking about the name yeah. uh, and he goes really and he takes good. off on that what do we think of that scene and do you guys like it and how do you think that's going to impact riz because that's interesting i'm really happy that we finally saw a wraith I'm glad that it was given like some proper spotlight because wraiths are a massive part of the games and they're a big pain in the ass. And I was like, oh man, like how are they going to deal with a wraith? But they set that up. Mm. My only disappointment in that scene, as awesome as it was for Louis, Louis to sacrifice himself the way he did, he didn't do it in the way a Spartan would do by climbing on the wraith and shoving the grenade like in the manhole or something. Well, it's, can't it's, see. I was going to say, it's hard to do it when you're blind. But he's yeah. clearly still very specifically <laughs> able, you know, like he's got Spartan abilities still to some extent. Yeah, well, yeah like, been doing, so. he was still a Spartan before he went blind. Remember, he talked yeah, about what he used to do. Now, and then he's like, but then the lights went out, essentially. But now he's got a dad bod. Could you jump on a tank with a dad bod? Spartans can. <laughs> dad bod Spartans. Uh, <laughs> dad bod Spartan. Fair enough. <laughs> Back to Halsey and Soren. Um, we get to a very interesting scene where they run into Mackie, McKee, Mackie. Oh, why do I keep calling her Mackie? McKee. It's McKee. McKee. Uh, we find we we uh, we have an interesting scene where they run into McKee. But before we even get into that, Cortana still sucks. Like, she just still looks like Ackerson's sister, I'm hoping, though. I'm hoping they change her back. Like they need to change her back. She still sucks. But I think I like she'll how be she kind of. I think she'll change back by the time the next time we see her. I don't think so. Oh, I hope so, because dude. But it, I like how she she kind of knew exactly what was going on, and Cortana was like, "Run!" <laughs> and then we see McKee is back. McKee's back. She's official, one hundred percent. She's alive, and uh, she steals Cortana. And uh, Tom, you were going to say something. Do you want to no, jump I, in? I, no, I was just going to say, don't get your hopes up that she's going. Her face is going to go back because it would have if Halsey said, "You look different." Or like would have like a, a confused uh, face. That's a great point. Because if it was like you look different, and like Cortana could still just go and run, but she's like, oh well, that sets the seeds. Like we can change it. But because she just went with it, I still think Cortana will change her appearance back, based on the notion that the AI in the Halo universe have the ability to choose their look. But Cortana know, like, currently is cut off from the outside network, so I think she's stuck true. on Ackerson's sister because Ackerson did that. But once she's outside and connected to the ether again, she can revert back to her old. She can make herself look whatever the way she wants. The AI in Halo universes can so. choose what they look like. I hope so. I mean, there, there was there was a really quick scene, so I don't think uh, Halsey would have had enough time to be like, "Oh, you yeah, look like, oh, you look a little different." So, That's weird. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but that is a good point that she didn't remark on it. She didn't say like, "Cortana, what happened?" <laughs> Oh, man, I'm worried, guys, because Cortana season one was so cool. Her uh, look might change every season, just like it does in the games, though. So, ah, stupid. Don't don't show. face shame Cortana. <laughs> don't face shame the Cortana. Oh. Um, so it's an AI. So <laughs> true. Fucking. Anyway, just moving on. Uh, Mackie, 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 Mackie. Mackie, take the is, C uh, out of your notes. She's back. Mackie, <laughs> It's kind of like Mickey. my surname, McKay. Mackie, yeah. Mackie. Okay, let's remember it that way uh there we go thanks dan um so mckee is back and she steals cortana why do we think she stole cortana what was the reason for that bait for chief very possible Ooh, because great she, great she knows that cortana and chief like were like sort of like getting besties because of episode eight where she's like who are you talking to and he goes, i've got a ai in my head so she was like hey 
Chief like cares about you, I can use you to get him to me so then we can get Halo. Great point. That I was like, what answers, could they absolutely want with Cortana? That answers a question I had about later point. in the show, too. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that kind of, like, I was so confused about, like, why would they go for Cortana? But that's that's a great point. I like that. Yeah. Uh, we then move on to the next scene where uh, we get some more we get some more sort of uh, sort of reactions, I guess, to to the attack and what's going on. It does seem like the effects of the war and the effects of uh, the attack and everything are taking a toll on Riz. She seems a lot more like affected uh, by everything, um, which I think they're really setting it up for her to like. I think it was a Dan. I think we're saying that she might, oh, Tom, I think you were saying that she might retire at some point. I think it was, think it was both of us at some point. Riz. Both said yeah. It. Or, yeah, because we said. Well, like, they say like, like Riz might get to a point where she's like, I don't want to be a Spartan anymore. And she retires. She like leaves. She might not even Spartan. survive. She might not survive this season, honestly. Yeah, she so. might not survive. <laughs> yeah, with the way this episode went. But maybe that's kind of where it plays <laughs> in, where, where there's, there's more Spartans. Like when we get to Onyx, there's more Spartans that are that are going to be made and maybe Riz is like cool I guess y'all don't need me anymore and then she 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 bails I have a different she seems to be taking the attack really hard like she's actually kind of like shaken by it yeah um I have a different theory that we'll get to that later but I just want to put out I do have a theory of how things might turn out and it's going to be sad Mm -hmm. it's going to be very sad but we'll get to that Um, okay we'll save it for the big sad that we're going to go through later (laughs) big sad uh, yeah, the, there's a lot of big sads coming up. Uh, Perez uh, has also definitely made an impact on Chief. Um, I thought it was interesting. Like, he kind of, he's very, like, cold to her, and he kind of walks away. Uh, so, like, when they get back to Fleetcom, and then Perez is like, is that it? Like, you're just going to now go keep fighting? As when Chief hooked yeah. up with Vanek and Riz, like, we need to go get our suits, and then he just gives her his lucky coin? Oh, yeah, he gives her the coin, and he, he flings it at her, and he says heads. He calls it as he flings it at her. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I thought that moment was really cool. It was, like, obviously a callback to something earlier, but it's it's. I, I think that Chief's kind of taken a shine to uh, Perez, and uh, we know, obviously, we're going to see a little bit more of her throughout the season, so I'm interested to see the way their relationship uh, develops. I'm liking these two. I'm loving Perez. He's one of my favorite characters of the season, man. Mm-hmm. She's really, really cool. But then right after that, we kind of get the reveal that we're not going to get Spartan suits for like maybe an episode or two because they're gone, Chief. The armor's gone. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into next. And we're <laughs> meeting up with Manak, We uh, and then he lets them know, yeah, the, the armor's gone. Uh, Chief confronts Keys about it, and Keys says that, like, yeah, all the essential stuff has kind of been taken away. Essential staff members, I guess, and, and equipment has all been taken away from Reach uh, to kind of save it, because they're like, yeah, Reach is, Reach is gone. Reach is kind of uh, effed in the B. Uh, and uh, again, where is Kai? She's We're kind of like Athens. 30 minutes into this episode, and we haven't seen Kai. Uh, interesting, interesting. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. She could be doing a number <laughs> of things. It could be she's fucked off, like Tom's theory, or it could be she's going to be that person that she's been out of sight, out of mind for a little while, and then she's going to appear at the last minute to save the day and be like, oh, Kai, shit. You know, like, there she is. Like, she's going to show up with a pelican to save everyone at some point, but who knows? I wanted to say that I love how uh, Key starts that conversation with, like, I wish you were dead to save me <laughs> on the heaven that I <laughs> to told you so. <laughs> I love that. That's what it's going to get into next is we get, like, first thing I want to say, Keys is becoming such a great character, man. We love him. 
Yeah. Uh, and he obviously lets uh, lets Chief know that the Covenant completely surprised him. And, um, you know, Ackerson was kind of behind the whole thing. Like, he's basically saying, like, Chief, yeah, you were right. It was a great line of dialogue for him to say, like, God, I hate this moment of you being right right now. It was uh, it was really really cool. And first thing Key says is, uh, you know, we got to obviously fight this, but evacuation takes priority. He's kind of saying we got to get civilians and everyone off of reach. We got to get everybody out of here. Uh, we then see while all of this is going on, uh, Perez is in the trauma ward. Um, and she's kind of all in trauma or whatever, and she's kind of helping people, and you know, there's injured people everywhere. This like feels like one of those scenes that you can kind of say is like a throwaway scene. It's just to like show that the character is actually doing something, but it's a great scene, and I love these scenes because it shows the effect of the attack and all the people that are injured and things like that. It's kind of that moment where you you kind of slow down and catch your breath for a second, and you see all of the people that are injured, and then in the background you see Reach falling. Uh, so really, like a lot of people would say, it's kind of a throwaway scene, but it's actually quite a quite an impactful uh, little scene. Uh, and then we get the scene, which I think is one of the coolest in the whole episode, is uh, Keys goes to Chief and he says, uh, I think Chief says, Chief what says, can I do? What do you, what's like, your order, sir? Hold my hat. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> hold my hat. And then Keys inspires the hell out of everyone, drops another freaking F-bomb. And like I said, I kind of said maybe this might happen later and later on but at this point i'm thinking dude keys is so dead he's so i will so dead. admit but that what a cool speech to like inspire everyone i was like yeah this is dope. I, I teared up a bit during that speech because like it hit hard as a halo fan because i know yeah there's so much weight already in there for being a fan of halo and the games and reach and knowing like we know this is it like the, the planet falls and the way yeah. he does that speech the way he talks about like their sacrifices are so that you know children can live on and tell the stories about how they died mm -hmm. to save them and i was just kind of like <laughs> okay let's go <laughs> move on i like i like how he did in that inspirational speech as well he called master chief up next to him mm -hmm. and he said this is master chief without armor and kind of thing he says he's a warrior just like all of you you guys are all warriors yeah. just like him like it was a really cool scene to like inspire everyone um which i i really really liked um, it was a cool kind of scene for Keys, uh, just to kind of, not to say goodbye, but just to kind of make us feel, oh, 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 oh. Uh, and I like the next moment where um, uh, Chief speaks to Keys a little bit, and then uh, Chief also says, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Do you guys read anything into that? Because Lewis says it, and Chief says it as well. Are they uh, trying to, like, tie those together? or Because obviously think... Chief, it makes sense. I mean, this is where he needs to be. I think it was just to show that, like, the Spartans, like, duty and, like, self, like, what they believe is right is always just to fight and to, like, protect yeah. mm -hmm. in this instance. Um, and I think it just, they showed it with Lewis and with Chief to be like, no, this is, like, a thing they all have. Like, this was part of their training of just, like, yeah. nope, I need to be there. Part of their training. So they, they, like, their their job, essentially, <laughs> is to fight until they die and then or die fighting to protect the human race essentially i mean the entire time like especially with with keys's like uh speech like the entire episode was really hyping me up and i felt like everything was kind of building and building and building um and it obviously gets to like huge climax but we get back to keys because uh, obviously everyone splits off and and does their own thing we get back to keys and uh he meets up with halsey and halsey and and i love this scene because yeah. soren is soren is amazing i love soren because uh uh, Keys comes in and he's like, he's like Halsey, and then Soren just walks into frame and he goes, 
And Soren. And Soren. And Soren. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him. And then Keys is like, you're a pirate. And Soren's like, small business owner. He was like, so much comic relief comic in that relief, scene. Dude. Like, and with his like, band head, he's like, small business owner. And then they just keep going. <laughs> and then like, and then he's in the elevator. And like, they're yeah. starting to he's just like, get a room. <laughs> He's so good, dude. I love I love Soren so much. I'm, I am glad that they oh, mentioned man. Miranda in the elevator, and they spa- yes. they say that she's yeah. off planet, and Keys is like, "Thank God, she's off planet." And that's what we were like, yeah. "Where's Miranda?" And I'm like, "Well, she's probably off planet." So I'm glad that yeah. that's they're setting that up for the future, where Miranda can come back around in the future. Mm-hmm. So sticking with them, we get uh, Keys is busy helping everybody, all the civilians, onto the ship. And first thing I have to ask is, I didn't know, but is that the Pillar of Autumn? No. No. That was not the it's Pillar just of like a okay. civilian transport ship. Yeah. It's okay. way too all small right, to right, be right, the Pillar right. of Autumn. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, I just wanted to make sure <laughs> yeah. they're okay. So, We're right, not nothing, there yet. nothing big just yet. We're not there yet. Uh, but obviously, Keys is helping all the civilians get on the ship. He tells Perez, who's like very much taking charge as well, says to Perez, get everybody on the ship. And uh, I thought this was interesting is that Soren kind of like stops and then he actually sees the covenant coming they've got their cloaking and everything and he actually sees them make it up he hears the it he, he's like what's that noise and halsey is yeah. like what what noise so this is again where i'm like soren's definitely got some ability as because it, as a spartan because it parallels chief earlier in the episode when he could see the covenant and no one else could and soren could now bam mm. there you go so that was interesting and obviously they get into uh, a big fight on the hangar not to mention those jackals uh, looked awesome like holy shit those jackals look scary yeah i was gonna say at least we're starting to get more different types of covenant as well and not just the the elites which pretty much just seen the elites we need more grunts but the grunts are not they're they're comedy reliefs so we can't have the grunts in the serious stuff that that we got right now because the grunts are too funny but uh that was really cool and it was kind of like soren was like yeah let's light him up Buy them time to get uh to get everybody onto the ship and then obviously uh we have the big moment where um uh keys they he wants to start the ship and get out of there but they see that the fuel lines are still connected so keys is like corporal do you know how to fly the ship and she's like not with not without you on it <laughs> and then he's like just just do you know how to fly the ship and then he gets off and uh, keys disconnects the fuel line but he sees that all of the the UNSC and the only people have been destroyed and it's kind of just all of the covenant around keys. And at that moment you're thinking, Oh, Oh brother. But he, well, he disconnects the fuel lines and obviously he gives them a way to escape. And, uh, Dan, I've seen you highlighted this moment. So what did you think of the scene? I highlighted the pipe, he pulls out the pipe. That's a key item of keys from the video games. I don't I don't remember if they've shown it in the show before. Maybe they showed it before, nah, but I, don't think I just so. thought I don't it was like have. critical for keys because in the games and the books, he has the pipe, but he doesn't smoke it. He just it's just like a thing because like it belonged to like his grandfather or something. So I just mm. it was just one of those character moments of like, ah, he's got the pipe. Yeah. And I just loved how he, he looked at the covenant with zero fear and he kind of just looked at them with the smoke and he said, got a light. <laughs> And then obviously, the, because the fuel was disconnected, uh, he he lights it and pfft, big explosion. Bye bye keys. Oh no! Uh, it's okay. Okay, I have because I've learned my lesson of nobody. I no don't death. think keys is dead. <laughs> I was gonna. Ah! Yeah. No. Because I was gonna pull it. Also, 
leading lead up to this, we had um, the when the Spartans were on the bridge, and like they were defending, it, and that's when Keith was like, "Hey guys, uh, we need help up here. Like, get your asses up here." So, I, and the entire time, I was thinking like, "Oh, they're gonna, you know, the last second, Chief's gonna punch through and grab keys, and they're still gonna explode, but they're gonna save it." But be- because we don't see the body, unlike a certain someone else, no. and because I've learned, because I've learned from Dan <laughs> bang, bang. being right bang, bang. and being annoying about it. I don't think he's dead. We did. Uh, he's. We don't I see him die. I, yet. I love his character, but I honestly hope he he is dead. As as bad as it sounds, because it's such a cool, <laughs> like it's a heroic sacrifice. It's a good character moment for him. I really don't. I I hope they don't do that like bait and switch of like, oh, he's still alive. I feel like it's just weak. I hope he stays dead. He he might be dead, which is fine for the way they're going with this show with this storyline. I am hopefully optimistic that he's not dead because he's way too integral to the future of the story in the canon of the games and stuff. But then again, they could be doing their own thing. That's fine. I'll be okay with it if they do. But there's also things like Stranger Things where you think a character's dead the entire season, but then, oh, look, they just dodged out of the way and they survived the giant explosion you thought consumed them. If if his keys is dead, maybe Soren takes his place in the story that's possible because Perez, i think perez will kind of get a promotion i uh, need sergeant I'm johnson just... sergeant johnson needs to get his johnson. ass in there johnson. Where's johnson? i just think if because uh still has all the knowledge about of military tactics he still knows a lot about the unsc and in halo one that's all the flood want and if we if we're gonna go to the mm. same sort of story beats i could see soren taking keys spot in so maybe that's what they're doing yeah, that that's definitely possible. Yeah. So right after the 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 death of Keys, we have a moment where Halsey looks out at the destruction of Reach, and we think, okay, cool. Well, there's our big final moment. Uh, but wait, it's not over. There's more Covenant, and one of my favorite parts of the seed of the episode is we get Soren and Chief fighting together. Finally, yes. We haven't seen them fight together. So, like, that was hype when they both taken cover. They were, like, shooting. perfectly in tune was, with each other, too. Yeah, there was, like, a little thing where Soren, like, rolls around the back of Chief and keeps shooting. That was dope. And then we have one of the bigger moments of the, the episode. I am pretty sure this was the Arbiter, but, mm-hmm. or an Arbiter, and this was the Arbiter versus Chief round one. Like, there was the big battle between mm-hmm. between these two guys, and, and uh, you know, Chief was so... like... Chief was holding his own with no armor, so I'm really excited to see a rematch. It's so amazing, too, back. when he gets hold of that plasma sword, and you're like, yeah! Get it! I was like, dude, I was like, yeah, let's go! But then, just like the video games, you get snuck by a random energy pistol out of nowhere. Dude, yeah. and how brutal was it? The Arbiter was like, <laughs> this my fight, and he turns it, just slices the guy's head off. I was like, damn, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That was but great. a pretty interesting uh, end to that is uh, the Arbiter. Well, I'm sure. I'm. I'm. I'm sure it's an Arbiter. Um, yeah. He's about to finish Chief off, and then McKee. McKee. I got it right this time, guys. McKee stops the Arbiter before he can finish Chief, and it's like. Oh, and she says, "Not why yet." Why did he do that? Not yet. So they obviously need so Chief for something. That was part of my question him. too. Was like, why did McKee stop him? Why does he care? Like, why does he stop when she stops him? Uh, clearly he wanted to kill chief and but why does mckee want to keep her a lot keep him alive but then tom had that theory about cortana and that makes me go ah mm-hmm. okay okay 
little threads of things. Mm. It's very, very interesting. Um, we then, uh, uh, Chief is still on the ground. He's still pretty hurt. And uh, Vanak, Vanak? Why do I get everyone's Vanek. names wrong? Vanak. Vanak. It's okay. Then grabs one of the, the stingers. Uh, Needler. Stinger, right? Needler. Needler. He grabs one of the needlers from uh, one of the Covenant and shoots the Arbiter. Nails him with one, and the Arbiter's just like, whatever, dude. Pulls it out, and yeah, stabs Vanek. And of course, and, it uh, explodes, which is what needles do after yeah. they embed in somebody, they explode. And Vanek. And, and we, we say bye-bye to Vanek, which is, I mean, Keys' death. Oh, death. Uh, Keys' death was heavy, <laughs> but this one just hit home, dude. See, now, that was where, was... when Vanek died, and you see him laying on the ground, lifeless, with a hole in his chest, and his eyes just staring blankly. I was like, that's how you kill a character on screen. We know he's dead. <laughs> we oh, don't know no. Keys is dead. Fair also, enough. just like the look he gives Chief, just as like as they both realize, and Vanek's just like, "Yep, that's dude." And then, oh, that was mm, it was kind of yeah. that look of respect as well, of kind of like Vanek, like he obviously didn't have time to say any of the stuff, but it was that look of like, it's "Been an honor, been an honor. Chief. Well, like yeah. I'm glad I got to." die fighting by your side kind of thing like it was such a like it's such a cool moment and it was it's something we were talking about before the show is like there were characters that like lewis keys to an extent vanek characters that like i don't, I don't want to say we should have seen it coming but it was kind of like there were hints that these characters were caring about them they're getting more screen time that they possibly could mm. die but all three of them and what i love about this episode is all three of them their deaths felt earned and emotionally impactful it wasn't just like we need something dramatic to happen so we're going to kill off one of the main characters like they do on the walking dead or game of thrones it's i mean like, what do you care about we're going to kill them quickly if we could we could relate any one of the spartans currently to noble team because all of noble team dies in the so, mm. trying to in the fall of reach so they could be yeah, kind of like yeah. paying homage to that <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that because after this, like, because it's ending, ending now, um, it pans up to see the hole in the roof. Mm. I would have loved it if you just saw, like, a sniper jackal up there that was about to take the shot. So it's like, like, cat. Mm. So that would have been funny. Well, not funny, but, <laughs> yeah. like, it would have been, like, a cool thing. To be like, oh, they could have, but they changed it, but we didn't. Mm. We just I mean, it. if they did that, it would have went whoosh, over my head. I wouldn't have put the two together of, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, cat got sniped, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, uh, in terms of the whole episode, uh, reaching that moment of the episode, I mean, this is the first big L of the season for the good guys. This is a like a huge, huge battle that's lost for the big guys in the season. I we mean, it's the first see where they go from, silver yeah. team member to fall. Yeah, in two seasons. I mean, Kai, uh, not Kai, Riz kind of mm. should have died at the end of season one, but she showed how tough she is. Um, but it's it's like it's the first big loss for our good guys and our protagonists in the story. So I really feel like this is the moment that things are going to start to head, you know, get like a lot more emotionally impactful. One thing I wanted to note on as well is that final shot of watching the bird flying uh, mm -hmm. to watch, uh, you know, sort of as the as the episode kind of cuts away was like so sad because that that uh, that was obviously one of Vanek's birds that he was feeding at the beginning of the episode, and it's like stop. Stop TV show. Stop making me feel. Stop <laughs> twisting the knife. Stop doing it. He's dead. Just let him let, stop it. Oh man, I love those shots though, where like they kind of like something intense happens, and then they kind of camera like it's like a juxtaposition. Something awful just happened, and the camera just pans to something beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love those kinds of shots. They're always so so emotionally impactful. I love them, and that's how we ended episode four. 
uh, a jam-packed uh, episode that had character great. deaths, it had action, it had Chief being a badass, and uh, no Kai. No Kai at all. Mm. So Traitor. <laughs> we Traitor. had our theories. Traitor. We, Traitor. we just call him Traitor straight up. <laughs> Traitor. 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 So that is your episode breakdown, your sit rep for episode four. Let's now dive into our scoreboard and see what we all thought of episode four, season two. Righties. So, scoreboards. Who wants to go first? You should. Me? You should, okay, you I'll go first. Go. I haven't actually gotten first. I will say right up right up front, I think this is my favorite episode of the season so far, even more than last week's episode. Uh, it's our first big action-packed episode of, uh, of the season, and man, did it deliver. There was a lot of really big action set pieces. There were some big heroic sacrifices, some deaths that really hit hard. Um... I think there's some that should have felt soft, like Lewis. I, I shouldn't have really cared about him because it's a side character that like didn't get much screen time. But it's still like I cared about this dude. I felt bad for him. I felt bad that he lost his partner, Danilo, and then he sacrificed himself. I was like, like I actually care about these characters. The show is definitely pulling me in, which I'm loving so far. I'm really, really enjoying the show. And each of these character deaths, as we went through them, just hit harder than the last one. So it kind of amped and it kept going up and up and up throughout the whole episode. Uh, the action was really well shot, choreographed. It was well acted, well written. I think this was a superb episode of television. Uh, and there was so much fan service in this episode as well. I, I don't see a lot of adaptations doing that where they give a really good episode or a really good movie or something. And they also give a lot of fan service. Uh, so I really like this episode for that. This was a huge episode. It could be a standout episode for the season. And it's a great launching point forward. The only thing I'm kind of hesitant about is that they kind of like advanced everyone's plot. Like everyone's kind of advanced. So I'm kind of like, oh, where do you where do you take everyone next without making it feel like, oh, we need to like just, you know, fill an episode until we can get to the big climax. Uh, but I'm I've got full faith in these guys. The payoff from last, last week's tension building felt so great and really, really, really well earned. So for me, out of ten this week, I give an episode a nine. I said it. It's a nine. That's fair. Every episode for me has gotten better. It was a seven, seven point five, eight point five, nine. Next week's a nine and a half or even a ten. It's just getting better. I really enjoyed as well like i probably enjoyed it like as much as last week but like in a different way um that's it i loved the the constant one shots one shot like one shot takes i thought they were it it made the show feel different and it made it feel like set it apart from one last season and two just other like sci-fi shows in a way um loved everything they did i kind of even though vanek died i kind of wish she didn't because i wanted more of him um i yeah, and as dan says i don't think he's is dead because i've learned my lesson to you know, <laughs> n- nobody no death um nobody no death Sorry. even when they've been <laughs> eaten by little bugs yeah even when yeah <laughs> no um but yeah uh i i have theories of where things would go i think kai's with axon and onyx and i kind of want riz to die or whatever so then she can blame it all on kai and be like, hey, you left us. You took our armor. This is on you, bitch. Um, yeah. That's my big theory as well. Like, I feel like Kai's going to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought you were mentally unstable. And then Chief is like, Kai, like, 
The other two are dead. They didn't have that armor because of you. And they make Kai feel really bad because she's a traitor. Oh, that would be great. Like the confrontation? Yeah, oh, like they're going like, to go to Onyx and like Rhys probably like Ooh. sacrificed herself. <laughs> and then he's, Kai's like, where are the others? And he's like, yeah, they because, died because of you. Because you sided with Accident and you took the armor. If Kai was aware of what Ackerson was doing and that they were bouncing from Reach, wouldn't she become aware that Chief was right about what was happening on Reach, though? But she Ackerson was... might have gotten to her, though, and, and kind of manipulated, not manipulated, but convinced her that it was a good idea to leave. Reach was but lost. the whole question was, was Chief mentally stable? And the questioning was, he was like, oh, the, the Covenant are on Reach and there's these things happening. But everybody was saying that wasn't happening. It's because he's seeing things. I would assume once Kai learned that that's actually happening and Ackerson's like, oh, yeah, we're getting the fuck out of here because the Covenant are coming. She'd be like, oh, Chief was right. We'll have to yeah, see I, what they do with it yeah. next week. Mm. What do you what Anyways, do you got for us, Dan? My score for this week's episode. After this. No. <laughs> I think that this is easily one of the best possible adaptations of halo that's been presented on film to date it's the closest thing that felt like you were in the video game but in cinema where there's a lot of hectic gunfights there's a lot of character driven moments there's a lot of heart you get the the stoicness of chief but you also get the the feels of the humans and that contrast between the two like you feel in the games you get those really harsh realizations of what's happening in the world around you and how uh just devastating the the covenant are for the humans and just wrecking the shit out of everything as far as television goes of this entire show i think this is the best episode of the halo show that they've made so far it's easily better than all the rest of them in all regards possible in the writing the action like there are other episodes in the show that have great action and then there's other episodes that have great writing but this show has mm -hmm. all of it. it has all of the action all the elements and a lot of those moments of like the the gunfights in the streets they feel straight out of like halo odst or halo reach the video True. games like they felt very grounded in the the war of those games especially the odst part of it because you've got the spartans without their armor so they have to fight as a normal soldier i mean they're still amplified obviously but they're not protected by their armor so there's a much greater risk and like it just has so much more weight to it I give this episode of the show a 10 because I just loved everything Whoa! about it. I we loved, got a 10, everybody. I loved all the Woo! Easter eggs. I loved all of the, 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 the fan service. I like, you know, there was multiple quotes from the games. There was multiple references to the games. There's multiple just so things. It's like, ah, the Xbox, like, eh, you know, that's me being a yeah, super awesome. nerd fanboy. but, ah, so good. Yeah, you're going to have to get the screen shot of that i don't know if we're gonna not to yeah. use it as a thumbnail i'm gonna but. put it on screen for the that'll be our fourth cast member for the entire podcast is just <laughs> the, uh, xbox. <laughs> the xbox the xbox day of the entire screen yeah. <laughs> the entire podcast just there but yeah it's i mean really blurry and like low res uh i like that they're doing a lot of course correcting i feel like pablo schreiber mm. playing the chief is really nailing it now and like i've gotten to this point now where the more i'm reading the books and the more i'm thinking about it no one ever has ever described what John looks like. But in the books, John is just a kid who is very skilled and very talented, and she gets picked up by Halsey. So it's like, what difference does it make what he looks like? 
that's the whole yeah. point is he's he's supposed to be just like an everyman but i think that now that they're leaning into the stoicness of it like he clearly feels the weight but he just it's delivered mm. in the, like the eyes and the looks and just like like he like yeah i get what's happening but yeah. me saying anything doesn't change that at all even to the point of like keys talking about like all the crap that's been going down and he's like you're right and he's like but it changes nothing the truth of the situation is we're fucked and we got to do everything we can to just do make the most out of the situation we're in unfuck it yeah yeah I, I, I like as well, like I, I saw Pablo Shriver said that he really liked the the sort of darker turn that they were planning to do for season two. And he's really come to his own as the character. I've liked him from the beginning. Mm. I, I, I thought he's pretty good, but I'm definitely like, I don't want to say warming up to him, but I'm starting to like him even more. He's kind of, he's, he's nailing the performances as that kind of, it's like anyone can kind of play stoic by just being like quiet and, and whatever. But everything that he does feels very calculated and clever. It's not just stoic to be stoic. It's stoic for like a, a purpose. Like I'm trying to convey this sort of thing. I, I absolutely love Pablo throughout the entire thing. So that is our scoreboard for episode four of Halo season two. Obviously, we really, really loved the episode. I'm loving the series so far, guys. Are you guys enjoying it? It's definitely improvement. It's very, very much improved over the previous season. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy so far. That was less hype than I was hoping for, but still cool. Let's go! Uh, <laughs> this is we so cool. Guys... I love it so much. <laughs> there it is. That's Spartan what I'm we hope you guys are. We hope you guys are enjoying the show as well at home. Hope you're enjoying the Watching Now podcast on Halo Season 2. And we will see you guys again next week on Tuesdays, 2 p.m. PST over here on CouchTube. Catch us a day early if you are a member on CouchTube.com. You can listen to the podcast audio only wherever you listen to your podcasts and everything. Consider becoming a member as well because, hey, why not? And uh, we will see you same time, same place next week. See you then, Spartans. Spartans out. Spartans <laughs> out. We need more quotes, dude. There are lots of quotes. Like, but... sign off the show? Yeah, there's lots of quotes. We'll get one. We'll get yeah, one. But... Deadbot Spartan. That's the quote. Spartan the mission changed. That's they the quote. Do. That's the quote. Deadbot. Deadbot Spartan. Deadbot Spartan. Deadbot Spartan. Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts.